When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back. Part of our lucky mission or happy mission here, as Jim Harbaugh would call it, to bring you some Sunday night entertainment. This is Doug Skeen with me. I'm Chris Ballas, Michigan's five-time Big Ten champion. Had to go through Ohio State for every one of those, Skeen. Uh, Doug, mm-hmm. happy to be wrong, Skeen. For those who don't know, Doug was the big loser, the biggest loser. Uh, only one of us picked Michigan to win. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Thank you for all of the nice tweets on that, by the way, about how the so-called experts picked Michigan to lose. Mm. Yeah, brilliant people. Yeah, everybody was picking Michigan to win that one. So, um, but hey, let's first talk, first things first, Skeen, after a 45-23 beatdown of the Buckeyes by Michigan on Saturday. And Skeen, tell me, what was your... What's the feeling? Just tell it for everybody who has never been able to experience it. And I was on the field there at the end of the game and it was fantastic. But tell me, Skeen, what is the feeling? What makes it different to win down there in Columbus compared to winning elsewhere? So for anybody that was there, you felt the energy in the stadium. For those of us watching it on television, you could see the entire stadium. It looked like there was like 10 Michigan fans in the entire thing. Everybody's wearing red. It's an electric atmosphere when you go into Ohio Stadium all the way into town, all the way around the state of Ohio. Everything's focused on this day and this moment and these four hours of time. And I was telling my kids and the friends that were over to watch the game with me, I said, there are very few places on earth that have that kind of vibe in the building. And as a Michigan football player on this day in that building, there are very few places, maybe not anywhere, that are more gratifying to win in than that place. Yes, it's yeah. exciting to win football games at home, but it it is it is. Um, and Joe, yeah, it feels awesome to be wrong on this one, but it is it is. Uh, it can only be exemplified for those watching the game and Ballas. I'm sure you saw it in the stadium. The faces on the Buckeye fans when you're walking off that field. And uh, uh, someone needs to keep an eye on these people for the next few weeks down there because the whole state is like melting into center earth. It's yeah. just, it, it is it is not something that Buckeye fans do well with. And, and it just goes to show how much they care about their team, which they obviously do. They take it, I think, a few steps more serious down there than we do up here at Michigan and a lot of places around the country. It also exemplifies for this team how hard it is to go in and win in Ohio stadium. And this team did it with a big fat exclamation point, which was awesome to watch. We'll talk about all that stuff, but the energy and the, the tension around going into that place and winning on their last game of the year. It's been so long bounces it's like last year, all over again. It's, it's these are, these are new firsts for so many Michigan fans, but for us guys that have been around a while that have been there and done that, it's like, it's been so long since we've seen this, I've had a smile on my face since the game ended. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't stop giggling. 
Yeah. And I wrote a column that, you know, for our kids, we've told our kids about this for so long. Some of our kids, yours and mine, don't understand that, you know, this used to be something that they would do with regularity. And this is what made Michigan football so great was that you would go in there and shut up a stadium like that. And it was uh, it was hostile. And I'll tell you what, as hostile as any that I've heard, because they understood what was at stake in this game scheme. We're talking about taking back the rivalry and making it a real rivalry again, because they played that flute card all year long. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, my little boy had the flu <laughs> and my there were snowflakes. Oh, my God. You know, and everything else. And guess what? You got your ass kicked for a well, second. Or, or you, you, know, you had Hutch and Ajabo last year. Right, and, right. And that, yeah, that, that right there, that that image mm-hmm. right there. And, and I can tell you, Ballas, if you're a Michigan fan, you're walking off or f- f- football player, you're walking off the field, you kind of glance up in the stands. You see there's still hundreds and hundreds of fans just sitting in their seat in stunned mm-hmm. shock. They are. And we've been on the, we've been on the receiving end of so many of those losses in the last 10 years with against Ohio State, some of them just absolute butt kickings. And and last year was the change. But think about, all you know, we know how this feels to be that guy. We know how that. Well, maybe that guy, not that guy. That guy. But we know how that feels, and it's so, so awesome to see this group of Michigan players and this generation of Michigan players recapture what was done with regularity all those years ago. So now it's a new standard. It's a new day, and uh, for us Michigan fans, um, I think this year is is a little bit different and a little bit more special than others, and here's the one thing I hope. Let's act like we've been here before, people, because this is what the expectation is at Michigan, is to win. (laughs) Uh, Here's the funny part. We're driving, right? We're driving down High Street, you know, and these guys are, these people are like uh, 24 bush lights in already or whatever it is. And you've got the sheets on the frat houses and the misspellings and the X's over the M's, you know, and it was classic. And I'm telling these guys, these young guys that were with me who, you know, were born like in 1998 or something like that. Okay. You know, now you're going to feel it. This is something different. So Mm -hmm. bed sheets and they've, they've got, you know, Michigan and all the expletives and everything else. And there's an M that they miss with the X and even the signs on the street, like, like for medical uh, institutions and stuff, they have the M's blocked out. It's Mm -hmm. so you get in there, and the things that are being yelled on the sidelines and see, tell me if this is accurate as to when you played, but these guys, you know, Doug Kars was down there on the sidelines in the past and he said he'd never heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. It's that much different. Uh, Ballas, I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to characterize the, what it's like to go into that stadium wearing the maize yeah. and blue. Uh, Ohio state fans have a reputation for being a little extra, a little extra hostile, a little extra vocal, a little extra, you know, foaming at the mouth about their football program. And um, there's a lot of things that are uh, and somewhat admirable about that because they love that fu- that that football team so much. Um, but there there is a limit. And, and when you start saying things about people personally and what you wish their parents and their grandparents would all die and you just want people to die a slow, arduous death and, and just terrible things – um, there's no, there seems like there's no limit to what some, and I'm, this is, I'm not saying this about all Buckeye fans, not even close. And I, and I've said, you think you and I've said this before. I think every fan base has a certain percentage of jackasses that make it look bad for a lot of people, but it just feels like Ohio state has maybe that many, right? Yeah. They got, they yeah, got probably a like, bit more. probably like 80%. Well, yeah. I don't know about that much, but <laughs> you know, the Buckeye fans that I hang around, they're pretty good people. And we have a lot of fun with this thing, but I, I I've told you this story. It's been a while. So in, in a previous career stop for me, I, I've been selling and I've been working in the Cleveland area for, gosh, the last 20 years and had a lot of great conversations with a lot of college football fans down there. We talk about the Michigan, Ohio State thing, and it's a lot of fun to talk about. And I was in one well, I was in one store. This was probably 10 years ago, maybe more. And I was talking to a group of guys. It was like six or seven hanging around the room. And uh, we were just talking about games and, and coaches and what how cool it was to play in those games. And my favorite Buckeye players that I can say over the years, Chris Spielman is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we had a good conversation. There was one guy sitting in the corner of the room that day, and he was just sitting there staring at me. And he wasn't saying a word. He was just staring at me like, just give me the eyeball. And I looked at him. I was like, oh, how are you doing today? You know, and he and he stood up in his in his chair and he goes, F you. F you all the way to hell, man. Screw you. And I was like, I looked at his, these were all of his friends. I looked at his friends. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? He's like, yeah, relax. He takes it a little too serious. Yeah, thanks. I was like, yeah. I'm like, 
And I looked at him like, dude, here's a little newsflash for you. You're not playing any of those games, and I'm not anymore either. So we can just talk about this, and it's not the end of the world. But this guy was legitimately pissed off that I was even there, right? And this is what I'm talking about. There's some people that just take it a little too serious, and they were in the stadium on Saturday, and those are the kind of people that are saying the kind of things that Karsh and yourself heard that they're hurling at these guys. And, you know, it's like, hey, we're just playing a football game here, people. And I know it means a lot to a lot of people, but let's not let's let's ease off on the death threats and the terrible things you wish my family would go through. That's unreal. Yeah, but but really not all that surprising. Shane Johnson, we're going to get to the Super Chats here real quick. Shane, two years in a row now, we mauled them to quit in the fourth. And guess what, Skeen? They did, again, yeah. quit in the fourth quarter. Uh, there were guys, you know what, uh, they weren't quitting when they were running after Donovan Edwards and chasing him. Yeah. Uh, you know what, they were running their their 75-yard dashes or whatever <laughs> uh, to no avail. Uh, it was a beautiful sight. I got to tell you, on the 85-yarder, I mean, you just can feel the yeah. the – just everything coming out of that stadium. And, and in the third quarter, you know what? You could feel the tension too. As Joel oh. Klatt said, when I watched the the replay, he said, you can just feel it in the stadium. And it, he was absolutely right. So, but Shane, you're right. Let's get to another one of Shane's here. I know he had a couple of them. And Shane, thank you so much, man. Uh, lots of legends made. Here are two for me. Cornelius Johnson, who has been maligned here. We've talked about the receivers not getting open and not catching balls. Guess what? They challenged them in Don mm. Brown fashion, and we'll talk about that, right, with their zero blitzes and their man mm-hmm. coverage to make plays. <laughs> they did not give them any respect, and guess what? Uh, Cornelius Johnson goes out there, makes a play. Uh, on the first one, uh, there, here's a, a lesson to all the youngsters, and I'm going to uh, take a, a note from Skeen here. Their linebacker, whoever it was that was coming to the play after Cornelius Johnson slips the tackle, was loafing. And if you're hustling to the ball, in true Aiden Hutchinson fashion, for example, mm-hmm. when that cornerback grabs Cornelius Johnson just to slow him down a little bit there, you're there to clean it up. Guess what? Mm-hmm. He was loafing. Boom. Cornelius Johnson's gone. Those are the differences in games between winning and losing these games. That's number one. Number two, uh, just the little move that Cornelius made to get open on the wide open pass. And credit to credit to <laughs> J.J. McCarthy, Shane, because um, you know what? As Jim Harbaugh told him after the Rutgers game, when a guy is that wide open, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to lead him. Just put it on him. And he did that two or three times. Put it out ex- there. Yeah, put it out there. They got it. Uh, unbelievable plays by not just him, but the other receivers at times as well. And that young tight end, Colston Loveland, man, that kid's going to mm. be an absolute stud, huh? Tony <laughs> McGee type. Really, yeah. a Tony McGee type with the way he catches the ball. Yeah, I like him a lot. And obviously, that was a big, big play, big catch. But uh, those routes, that that one route by Johnson there where he yeah. spun that deep end. As soon as that kid turned his turned his hips, Bye. turned his turned his back on Cornelius, he just did the head fake. And Ballas, we talked about this a little bit, right? I'm, I'm no receiving expert, but the little tiny things that make receivers get open is the planting of the foot in the head in the head fake one way and using your body to influence a defender to get them to make a move and you go opposite I and mean, it was textbook right i mean and, yeah. and again ohio state sat back there and thought you guys are no good we're going to play press man for everybody in the box we don't even need safeties because you guys yep. suck so bad yep. and so that ended up absolutely dusting them throughout the game but you're 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 right ballas Clatt talked about it on the television broadcast. I could see it. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of looking in the eyeballs and they zero yes. in on those guys. Um, my oh my, did that football team tighten up as that game went on? And all the smile and the laughing and the shit and the high fives and all that suddenly turned into, oh crap, this yeah. is this is actually happening. We're getting punched in the mouth. And Shane Johnson, just four twelve win seasons since eighteen ninety seven. Half of them coming in back to back years. Something else I wrote today is you need to be proactive now and make sure it continues for the next ten years with Jim Harbaugh. He had his rough patch here. You know what? You cut his pay. Now he's proven himself to be again one of the top coaches in the country at any level. You keep those guys there and you do it. You don't react okay okay you say jim if you're thinking about the nfl is there anything possible that we can do to keep you here i don't give a crap what anybody else says about that you need to be proactive so but shane with your 499 so proud of the program and the wolverine coverage thanks man uh it is easy to write brother when you are up there uh i did have some words with one of the ohio state statisticians skiing i don't know it got you know, he's getting a fist fight in the press box balance come on you can really? talk to john no you can talk to john borton about it i wouldn't go that far but this guy would not sh- 
shut the hell up. And finally, somebody had to tell him because we're all sitting there looking at each other, the Michigan beat writers. And it's like every call, oh, that's effing BS and this and that. I'm like, dude, this is not fanboy central up here. Okay. Some I was going to say, that's, I thought there was no. a rule. So no there is a rule. Exactly. Point. And this guy's doing yeah. stats. And I'm like, I said, this is not fanboy central. And I said, some of us are actually trying to work. And I'm like, well, you know, work. And, uh, and he said, so work then. And I'm like, you're damn right. You know, and didn't hear another peep out of him. So I did my part. But uh, Shane, <laughs> Chris, my boy bailed on me to go to, I'm sure you're stunned by that, right? That I had words with some guy yeah, up that's there. But, surprise. Yeah. So my boy bailed on me to go to the game. How electric was the lion's den? your take on big difference of O-line success from first to second half. Let me say this, Shane. Um, it's There's nothing like it. Uh, there is. There's nothing like this rivalry, and that's why 17 million people watched it. Uh, the most since, I think, in 11 years, they said, and by far the most that Fox has ever had broadcasting the game. And in that moment, they took it and proved that Michigan is Michigan again. But uh, I'll say this. I've got my hands on some of the L22 film scheme. I'm going to have you watch it with me, and we're going to probably do a breakdown of it because in that first half, it was dicey. Those linemen were not doing a good enough job protecting mm-hmm. J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They brought that double-A gap blitz and that was the play though that really changed the game they got a little too aggressive more aggressive than I thought they had to frankly on that play but it reminded me of those old Michigan State blitzes remember when they'd come Mm -hmm. right up there Uh, Michigan didn't handle well JJ McCarthy took a shot delivered the ball to Cornelius Johnson who did the rest but to me they used their aggressiveness against them and they got better as the game went on well, when a defense is darting gaps like that, which we kind of expected because Illinois did it with success, Ohio State was doing the same things, and they were giving us all kinds of problems in the first half there. We, we rushed for basically nothing in the first half because they were hitting gaps and we weren't blocking clean. We were getting pushed back. Barnhart had a rough first half, Ballas. He was yes, he put did. on roller skates by number 44 out there a few times, and he settled down in that second half and got a little bit better there. Things were a little crazy there. We weren't getting uh, square and, and getting to our our – down line in the second second level combo blocks as effectively as we needed to be. And so it wasn't going well, but um, boy, did they settle down. And then in that second half, I think that Michigan offensive line, the persistence and the consistent effort finally paid dividends there. It combinated, combinated with Ohio State's darting in those gaps. And on the, one of the Donovan Edwards' big runs, you see Eichenberg, he takes a, he takes a guess at a gap and he picked the wrong gap, or yes, he just he got caught up in the wash. And uh, boy, Zinter and Olawatimi had a beautiful combo down down lineman to front side linebacker, and boom, gone. See ya. Uh, tail tail lights all the way to the end zone for Edwards there, and um, it just finally worked. You know, there were some things in the first half that had my eyebrows being raised. Uh, um, mm-hmm. There was some there was some tight ends in there that were. Um, being asked to do some kick blocks, crossing formation kick blocks on some defensive ends, and it was not going well. And yet Michigan kept trying and trying the stuff. I'm like, listen, if you're going to try this stuff, that's fine, but you've got to put a guy in there who's willing to go do it. Yeah, and we and had some dudes in there that were that were struggling at times to go make a base block. Um, and it just felt like we were we were a little tentative, I think, in that first half, trying to feel our way around a little bit. And then in the second half, it's like that football team came out and said, you know what, screw it. We got nothing to lose here. No one's expecting us to win except us. Let's just get this done. And all of a sudden, boom, here we go. Yeah. And Shane, you talk about legends. Donovan Edwards, to me, secured his place in Michigan lore in the game, playing with a broken hand. And it looked to me like we knew that Blake Corum wasn't going to be able to go much. Okay. We'd heard in the, we know that what's going on there, it would be surprising. It'd be stunning, frankly, if he played in the Big Ten championship game. However, folks. We do believe he could be back for the playoff game, which uh, looks more and more likely at this point, obviously. So, But Donovan Edwards, it looked to me like they wanted to use him as a decoy early, and let's see if what we can get out of C.J. Stokes, and maybe he can carry this thing. Uh, it became clear that the moment was too big for him, and there's no shame in that, C.J. He's going to be okay. You know, you see these guys uh, pro- progress in, from year to year. But Donovan Edwards, carrying that ball in his left hand, okay, and at times, it's got a – man, you've got that big club on your right hand. I've never seen – honestly, I've never seen a running back play with a club like that. And so he's carrying, no. no, he's carrying it in his left hand. He's protecting the ball to not only not give up the ball, but to do what he did there in the second half in carrying that team after 10 rushing yards in the first half is legendary. It reminded me of Tyrone Wheatley in the Rose Bowl scheme when he hits yep. that hole and Go he on. gets an acceleration. That was a beautiful thing to watch. But uh, well, that kid yeah. is something else, isn't he? Well, it's it's think about the toughness there. The toughness, you know, I, I think we'd all kind of chatted about it, but everybody knew that he had a hand injury coming into this game. It was one of the worst kept secrets in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So when your when your thumb, if you watch his hand, his his thumb was all just taped up with this big massive deal here, and his thumb was but splinted and it was straight. You know, uh, you know, if you've ever sprained your thumb or jammed your fingers, ballast that hurts a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So his 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 hand is obviously hurting. They had to protect that thing, but to play that position and uh, go do the things he did, um, you do not see that mostly out of running backs in other positions on the field outside of offensive linemen. You've seen some defensive guys do it. Some defensive backs have done it, linebackers over the years that play with those kind of injuries. So the toughness the toughness box for Edwards, check that thing off all day long and the guts to want to go out and play in this game. I'm sure he probably had people saying, don't do it, don't do it. You might risk this, you might risk mm-hmm. that. But that kid was out there grinding for Michigan. And you're absolutely right. He will always be remembered. And he's still a young guy, right? He's still developing. So, boy, what an exciting thing. But you're right. When he hit those two runs later in the game, it did remind me a lot of a Wheatley, um, you know, two or three steps. He's at top speed, and you're probably not catching that dude gone. So that was uh, the demoralizing stuff about us. We were off the couch. I was so excited. I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that Michigan was – manhandling them again in the second half and JJ's run there going into the north end of the horseshoe there his tough run where he just put mm. his head down and he had that opening run in the early in the third quarter where he's putting his, his shoulders down you and I talked about this early this year in the year in one of these podcasts what effect does that have on an, on an offensive lineman you see your quarterback leaning forward taking on hits and driving guys down I'm telling you, man, it is the special sauce that makes an offensive lineman try even harder on the next play and the rest of those series. So it's just awesome to see. Yeah. Um, I we're gonna chef, just like Harbaugh said, post his players play like heroes you too. Thanks, brother. Uh you can send your service, Doug. Please keep on picking against Michigan and we'll win it all. You took so much crap on the message board. We all did. Halfway through this game, right? I picked Michigan to lose 30 to 27, and halfway through the game, some guy posts on the message board. Ballast, you piece of whatever. Uh, you, you 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 didn't give them a you didn't give them a chance. And I'm like, first of all, the game's not over. Second of all, I picked them to lose thirty to twenty seven, yeah. knowing that Blake Corum probably wasn't going to play, and Donovan Edwards might be limited. So thank I you, think, fear. Thank you, fear the beard. You know, yeah. uh, more words you know, that I never thought I'd ever say. Listen, trust Michigan fans on the message board and everything else. Come on, we're all Michigan fans right. here. We're just yeah. trying to be. A- I'm trying to be real. Right. We're going in there with about four or five starters. Or some of our best players are not playing against an unbelievably talented Ohio State team. Yep. I think the reasoning was fairly accurate here. Right. Now, what I couldn't measure and no one can is the guts of mm-hmm. the guys inside the uniform. And that's the part that I got dramatically wrong. And that's the part I'm so happy to be wrong. Yeah. And uh, once again, Ballas, there yep. was a little bit of a tear in the eye on Saturday yeah. afternoon because it was just brought back so many memories. And I, I can't express how happy I am for this generation of Wolverines, these young players who every day go into Schembechler Hall and they want to measure up to those teams on the wall going back a hundred years to all the black and white photos. Every guy that goes in that building wants their picture on that wall. Yeah, They want to be part of the history and this team did it. Yeah, and Chef, I can promise you that Skeen is happy to be wrong. He's happy that he didn't win the microwave muffin maker that he would have won if he'd won staff picks, which were won by Anthony Broom, who was the only one of us to pick Ohio State or to pick Michigan to beat Ohio State. We all picked the Buckeyes. Uh, as William says, this one even feels better because all the people who picked against us, even our own, it is yeah. not our job, however, William. And thank you so much for the five bucks, brother. I can't tell you that. To be, to pick with, you know, our, our hearts. Sometimes, you know what, we still – even though we run a team site, we, we want to try to be as objective as possible. Yeah. And Mike Morris, how much did Mike Morris play in this game? Very little, oh, right? Very little. Yeah. Very little. Um, you had guys out there that were absolutely banged up trying to play but couldn't and went anyway. Luke Schoonmaker barely played, and you get a kid in there who struggled. McColson Loveland struggled blocking in the first half. He wasn't the only tight end. Uh, Max mm-hmm. Bredesen struggled at times, too. Mm-hmm. These guys need to be better. I do want to give props, though, to Joel Honigford because on the 45-yard touchdown pass to Colston Loveland, you've got two guys coming on just – you know, balls out on the edge and Barnhart, like you said, who had struggled in the first half gets just enough of that kid. Who's mm-hmm. a damn good football player. And, mm-hmm. and Honigford gets just enough to, to push him to the outside <laughs> to give McCarthy time to step up in the pocket. You see the instincts kick in, right? You know what the, the quarterback instincts and he puts that ball right on the money. So good on those guys on that play. Honigford uh, also bows. I think there was one of their plays going into the South end zone. There was a sky cam shot. Honigford uh, absolutely got into 44 
mm-hmm. got his eyeballs down in his throat, got yes. his hands inside, drove his hips, and put that dude on his back. Yes. And I dare say did the old uh, did the old belt buckle rub in his face. It was awesome. <laughs> it was an awesome block. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was it beautiful. Was, it was. It means more. Block. It yeah. means a lot to these guys in Ohio. And watching Rod Moore run off the field, this is my house. In so many words, I can't tell you exactly what he said. Those guys, like Jim Harbaugh said, we're not going to flinch. They did not flinch. They took that place over. I can only imagine how much better it feels for an Ohio kid like Rod Moore, who, by the way, is already one of the better safeties that I've seen in the last thirty years at Michigan. And that, and I'm not. That is not an embellishment. I'm being honest here. Tech Matt, five bucks. Thanks, Tech Matt. I've watched every year from 2004 to 2019, except 2014. <laughs> Haven't watched the last two years. I found my mission. Yes, you have. You go in your mom's basement and you just sit there and eat the meatloaf and don't do anything until that game is over. Um, you know what? My dad doesn't even watch live anymore. I'm going to give him some shit for this <laughs> because are awesome. Exactly. Because when he doesn't. If right. Tech Matt doesn't watch the game and I keep picking against him, Michigan exactly. will be undefeated forever. So we've got the formula here. So, <laughs> but you know what, buddy? Um, you have nothing to do with that. I can promise you that. So if you want to watch, then go ahead and watch. Uh, Howard Richards, five bucks. Why wouldn't Knowles make defensive adjustments in the second half? Pass game ability should have been obvious by then. I think he did a little bit, but that kind of opened up the run a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the run fits, you know what? When they started going to Donovan Edwards, then the run game opened up a little bit when they mm-hmm. loosened them up. You know, it's a dumb cliche. We hear it on talk radio radio all the time, use the pass to open up the run. But in this instance, it worked and they had no idea what was coming. And they started using JJ McCarthy to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, you talked about the touchdown run. You want to talk about exactly ma the meatloaf, uh, but you want to talk about balls. Okay. First of all, taking that kid head on, you could hear it, right? You could mm-hmm. hear the helmets colliding, the, the pads colliding. JJ McCarthy was not going to be denied another legendary performance. I don't care about the 12 for 24. Okay. I don't care about anything else. No, no, the stat, listen, None if of that. Quarterback crap. that goes into Ohio Stadium and wins. It doesn't matter what. And and, and hits your big plays. Okay, he was a little <laughs> off early, but he wasn't getting much help from his line. But uh, here's another thing: he had a run where he kept, and he's carrying defenders with him mm-hmm. uh, on a keeper where he gets an extra five seven yards, and he gets up and he looks at him like, you know what? Get off me! Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just fantastic. It was Shep. That JJ run in the first half was epic too. It was a key play, and uh, yes. I would, there's yeah. also a play that sticks out in my mind. Obviously, the 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 dislatched ball by Sandrastill was unbelievable. Two that's, of them. Uh, that's yeah, just but the one in the end zone. I know what you're talking about. Unbelievable yeah. play, but on the fourth down play, I think it was fourth down. Ballas, uh, Junior Colson off the offensive left end. Uh, Ohio State's tight end number eight's coming in motion. Comes across the motion from right to left. Tries to block Colson out there. He shucks that block and goes and makes that tackle for no loss, yeah. maybe even a loss of a yard or no gain, maybe a loss of a yard. Yeah. Unbelievable play. That defense was foaming at the mouth, man. I, and I sent you that text message mid-game. Like, this offense owes this defense now. They need to yes. perform now because the defense was hanging in and hanging in. And it felt like Ohio State was sprinting between mm-hmm. the 20s. Mm-hmm. Just up and down, and no problem between the twenties, and then things tightened up. Yes, and yep. then it got a little bit, a little bit juicy, and a little bit compact down in there, and that defense stiffened. And all my buddies are going, "Dang, this defense is playing, man!" Yeah. And we weren't really getting to Stroud. We weren't no. knocking him down. That I talked about that as an indicator. We got to get to him in the first quarter and get some hits on him. We didn't do any of that. He no. was throwing the football, and then of course Harrison was going to make his plays. And that guy's unbelievably good player as well. And yeah. just to keep him just to limited what he did, which was still a good day. If obviously great, day. great yeah. day for that guy, what a superstar he is. Yeah. But, uh, but the defense just was unbelievable. And, and of course um, the adjustments for the, for the defensive staff, off the charts, good, and uh, boy, hats off to this coaching yeah. staff. We'll talk about that again in a second, but I want to get to Derek. Derek, you're giving these 50 bucks, man. You're killing me. I'm going to be buying you tons of beers with that money, and and I'm going to be paying for a good meal for you, man, when you come back. Yo, Ghost, we had beers a few weeks back. This is the best part about the Wolverine.com, folks, the people on the fort and our message board. is a community of family. Uh, Derek's one of the best, man. I told you so. I told both of you last week they were not mentally strong, and they would break. Shame on you, Skeen. Ha, ha, ha. Go blue. <laughs> exactly. That's a rough crowd man i'll tell you what derek if i didn't know you so well and you were giving us 50 bucks you know what i might tell you off here not really but you know what here's the thing man uh you can't be again it was everybody in the michigan media you know what because there was so much at stake and you have to be i wrote this in the pregame you almost have to be 10 points better than them to win by one down there for a variety of reasons but i do want to credit the officiating crew there were a couple couple plays 
Mike Sainer, so you talked about the one that he broke up in the end zone. There was another one where he makes a diving, a diving um, break up there in the end zone where the crowd is like screaming for, and I'm like, no, that's just a good defensive play. Rod Moore uh, breaks on the ball and he's playing the ball. There's contact when the ball gets there, but it was a great no call because mm-hmm. he's there and he's got every right to that ball, just like the other guy, like the receiver does. And then the play in the end zone where the ball is high, Ronnie Bell it gets mm-hmm. interfered with. He gets his hand on the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be that crowd screaming and those officials could say, eh. but you know what? They made the right calls there. And I give him credit for that. You know, Ballas in years past, um, Ohio mm-hmm. State, always was getting those calls 100 percent. and this crew did not and they even went back and fixed the play clock when they had right. the uh the in, the inconsistent first down marking they yep. didn't give us a fresh play clock and and uh harbaugh called the timeout we got that timeout yes. back yes they did and i was like okay it's a new day we're not getting jammed by the officials down here either and i i know i'm gonna have some buckeye friends oh pass interference this and that you know, I think I think, fellas, maybe you got a little bit used to that home cooking over the years down yes, there JJ. with some of that officiating crews, and that wasn't the case yesterday. That was uh, that was uh, that was a game they let them play. And what was interesting, though, from an Ohio State perspective, I, I told you this two years ago when Ryan Day took over. I thought that he had cleaned out the dumbassery, if you will, of the Ohio State football team and the dumb penalties. And all of a sudden, those came back with a vengeance because uh, yeah. Ohio State played some stupid football and some stupid plays, giving us all kinds of free yards. And I thought, hey, wow, yeah. maybe maybe Coach Day is, you know, doesn't have this as dialed in as I thought he did because I thought that was gone. And after his first couple of years in Columbus, I was like, whoa, yeah, that yep. a couple of those penalties were staggering bad yeah. ones. Nine um, for 91, the headbutt, beautiful. The headbutt. The headbutt first, was just – First and 35, yeah. Yeah. It's like, and and – and, and, and to Coach Day's credit, he yanked that kid. I don't think he saw the field again. He, he shouldn't him. have. Yeah, he yeah. threw him out. That but you know what it reminded stupid. me of? It reminded me of David Boston. It, that's when it was starting to creep in here, that holy crap. You know what? We're in a dogfight here. It reminded me of David Boston going after Charles Woodson and smacking him upside the head. And it's like when you start resorting to that kind of stuff and it's getting under your skin like that, you know, then – it is it is in your head exactly, and you're smiling at him, skiing, and you guys are smiling. As the tears start to cry. You know, oh, you these dude. guys cry. Yeah, that's so. That was our goal was to get somebody yes. to lose their composure and take a yeah. swing at us and get a free fifteen. Yeah. Well, we would celebrate on all yeah. of those. So yeah, yeah. And usually it's Michigan State, but this year it was Ohio State. And guess what? Uh, <laughs> it made a difference. There's no question about it. So it was fun to watch. So uh, I wanted to talk about that defense because this is an underrated aspect of this game. It was ten to three for a while. Right. The Michigan offense is stagnating the first drive, even to get that field goal. It was labored that whole drive. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking if this is indicative of how this day is going to go, they're in trouble. But that defense held them two or three times when it was 10 to three. And to me, that was the difference in the game. If they if they go down and score on any of those plays, then you're looking at a 17 three deficit. And it's a completely different ball game. So credit to them. Jesse Minner, um, you know what? Do whatever you can to keep him. He needs stability. It's the pro-style defense, and we were talking about Jim Knowles and, and Ohio State's defensive coordinator. Uh, was similar to Dr. Blitz there and Don Brown where, okay, you know what? You're doing – for 90% or 80% of the plays, things are going extremely well. It's those five plays that change a ball game that did that against for Don Brown against Ohio State at times. He did great things here, and I am not discounting what he accomplished here. But those when those five plays are five long touchdowns and 35 mm-hmm. points, you know what? It doesn't matter that you got 159 yards on the other 50-something, 50 59 plays because you scored 35 points. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, just watching Michigan play at Ohio State brought back uh, nightmares of crossing routes that were going right. for thirty or forty or more yards in that. And so, Ballas, there's, there's no question that that those those possessions in that first half, Michigan's defensive performance is what let that kept that thing from getting away from us mm-hmm. because we're not as quick strike team. Although we showed it obviously Saturday, but coming into that game, we we kind of felt like, well, if we go down by three possessions, look out, because can do we have enough time to get back? But obviously the Michigan offense made changes to their plan to take some more shots and do different things, and then obviously Ohio State's defense played right into that plan, and we had the big success. But a couple of other things schematically that stood out, obviously Ohio State's offense was intent on going super, uh, not super speed, but up-tempo to limit Michigan's substitutions. There was a couple snaps where Michigan was not ready uh, defensively yep. because Ohio State was going going quick. Yes. And I thought that was, uh, again, Michigan's defense adjusted to the tempo of the game to get ready and go. And uh, 
that was another thing that Michigan's defense in the past, and you go back a couple of years to the Michigan State game when we lost up there and we had half of our defense on the sideline and Michigan State's running back is running for touchdowns. That I thought clearly Ohio State was looking to do some of that, and then mm-hmm. you know we closed that door. They and did. so um, coaching staff and obviously the effort off the charts. And then we did start to harass Stroud a little bit later in that game. Mm-hmm. We just started to get some leakers in there as the game went on. So, you know, it, an up-tempo game, it's hard to describe for, for folks, but, you know, we see it as fans. We go, oh, look, Ohio State's going up-tempo. Let me tell you how gassing that is for your chest and trying to keep up with the wind in your <laughs> chest. So great job by Michigan strength and conditioning staff of getting these guys ready to go throughout the course of the season at no point. Did you see any of our dudes with their hands on their hips, gasping for air, looking a little tired? And uh, that, I'm telling you, that is a big, big difference late in these big games. Chaz, Michael Michaels, it's awesome. Uh, brings to mind a Blades of Glory, obviously. I know what you're going for, Chad, and I love you, brother. 45 bucks for the points we laid on him. Now you have no excuse for not making up the drinks you owe me for not connecting in Lauderdale last December. <laughs> you're absolutely right, man. So when we are in Arizona, there is no excuse. Uh, you're going to go over there. I'm going to, I'm going to, Use some of that 45 minute pocket, half of it, but I'm use the other half to uh, buy you a couple drinks. Was yesterday as big as the 69 game given the last 20 years? I'm going to say this, Chad. I thought last year's game was really the one, but this was the one, and it's every bit as big just because now you proved that whole narrative that they use. And, and it was funny, Brian Hartline, the receivers coach, Chad, they did their little pregame. Uh, pom-pom waving ceremony in front of all the fans. We're going to go there and kick their ass and take their names, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know what? They've been talking for 365 years. We've been sitting quietly in the dark waiting for this day. Like somehow last year was a fluke or something mm-hmm. like that. And they've been yeah. talking, you know what? And then you had these articles. Skeen, I don't know if you read the one in the Columbus Dispatch by the parents. Those poor boys were so sick. They could barely stand up last year, man. I was so sad. They were talking mm-hmm. about how their boys had their flu. Like my oh, baby, yeah, yeah, my yeah. baby should have been out there. He should have, mommy should have been feeding him soup and all that shut up you know what this is this is big boy football so you went out there and you got your butt kicked again and so to me chad yes because it changes the narrative of the rivalry and what i wrote in the post game was hey um there's a new sheriff in town man the championships go through ann arbor they gotta come to ann arbor next year and that's gonna be a nice michigan football team that knows exactly how to beat ohio state and is gonna have a hell of a lot of confidence skiing so in that respect i think absolutely chad no question well, I felt like I felt like going into this game and a lot of things I've read and listened to some fans, obviously, but watching Ohio State, I usually start watching Ohio State pretty closely in October leading mm-hmm. up to the to the football game against us. It almost kind of felt like, hey, this is, you know, last year was last year, yada, yada, yada. There's no way they could beat us in Columbus. There's no there's just no way. Mm-hmm. You know, these a lot of these guys weren't even alive the last time Michigan won in Columbus. That's just yep. it's not even possible. So it's yep. not we're not even gonna think about it. No matter what we do, we're just gonna win the game. Doug had hair back a little, then. yeah, a little bit yeah. Like, yeah, back then. Yeah. A little bit of entitlement, maybe just a little bit of assuming that, hey, we're just going to roll out there because we got the Heisman quarterback and we got Harrison Jr. and we're a bunch of badasses, which in a lot of cases they are. But boy, you know, as that game went on, uh, like Tyson says, it's everything's got everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth and Michigan punched him in the mouth and you could feel it. You could see it. The body language was like, man, this is this is this really happening here. What's going on here? Yeah. And then, of course, the television shots of the fans certainly felt that way. And then it's been that way ever since. I, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Part of me, Ballas, is like, you know, I went to bed last night. And I was like, did that really happen? Did we just yeah. really go down there and destroy them to that yes. level? Yeah, yeah, we did. We absolutely did. Ryan Day said, no, it was much more competitive than that. It just got away from us a little bit at the end. <laughs> you know what I would say to that, Ryan Day? I would say that they gave you a gift on that last play where they're about ready to scoop and score to make it 50, Ooh. to hang half a honey on you yeah. and uh, and make it 52. Forward progress stopped. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, a little late on that one, Hutch. But uh, you know what? Yeah, forward <laughs> progress stopped my ass. He flips him over and the ball's yep. laying there. And I think it was, I don't know if it was Taylor Upshaw. It was Ooh, Jenkins was or Upshaw that had okay. it in his hand. It would have been Upshaw, by the way, yeah. who made a great play. And I'm so happy for that kid because you know what? He steps in there and made some plays. You know, the, the pick on, on the, you know, the nice play by Stroud where he gets yeah. out of there. Hey, I want to shout out to uh, Rayshon Benny on that play, though, by the way, because on the edge, you talk about rush lanes. Yeah. OK, uh, he's holding on there. He could have gone outside and there could have been yeah. a lane there for Stroud to get out of there. Instead, he stay, he holds his ground. And as Stroud goes to move, 
there's Benny to take him down on the third down play. He tries to shovel it out there, and there's Taylor Upshaw to make the pick. Benny made a great play, and hey, how about McGregor? McGregor Unbelievable. Big hands up guy. How many times I watch defensive linemen play, and they're coming in on a quarterback, and man, what an awesome job he did by getting his hands up. He's a big, tall guy. That is so problematic for quarterbacks. He made two huge plays out there, Ballas. So, again, that rotating, you know, that rotation there of of these guys in the field, they don't feel like, oh, I'm just a backup. They all play. They all contribute to this defense, and that's why this thing works so well. Yeah, go back to Mr. Jones. Uh, I want to give him his 199s worth. Mr. Jones, thank you so much. Me and Mr. Jones, it was too sunny this year, guys. And we were on the field of the pregame, Mr. Jones. And we were like looking and we're like, God, this is a beautiful day for football. And there was a guy down there and he said, I don't know. Literally, this is the honest to God truth. He said, it could be a little warmer. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. It's 55 degrees or 50 degrees and it's sunshine and it is beautiful. I'm like, man, you guys need to find, you do need to put a dome over this thing. You do need to put a lid on this toilet toilet seat because you guys are getting soft so but uh, he literally said that and uh, I was out down there with my my co-workers and my colleagues and we're just eating it up and you could just feel the hatred man that's why we go on the field before the game so Ooh, you can yeah. feel the hatred my buddy says 100 years of hate you can feel it yep. you could feel it and god there's no place like it Nathan 86 999 thanks Nathan Rank this win in the history of the rivalry, and will Edwards' runs be remembered like Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson moments against mm. Ohio State thank you Ballison Skeen yep. Nathan one hundred percent, because you're, you, this is a twelve and zero season, brother. This is number two versus number three. You're an eight point dog on the road. That line went up when people found out that Corum wasn't going to play, or mm-hmm. you know what? It was I think eight and a half at kickoff, if I'm not mistaken. So the sharps or whatever were all over it. But will Edwards runs? Hell yes, they will. He's playing with one hand, and to get through that line, you know what I love about him, Skeen, though, is the patience that he's showing for that to open up. And when that hole is there, boom, he is gone. Mm-mm. But his patience has improved. Mike Hart deserves uh, a heck of a lot of credit mm-hmm. for the way he's coaching these kids. And that's why I have no doubt that CJ Stokes will get better. But Nathan, no doubt about it. Uh, JJ McCarthy as well. Uh, Cornelius Johnson. And I'm going to, I'm telling you, Rod Moore does not give, get the credit he deserves. He jumped two routes there. That kid is an absolute stud. And I love the fact that he's from Ohio. Well, it certainly means more for those guys. In Desmond's game and in Woodson's game, they didn't have a busted hand. And um, when they made their big plays, um, of course, they were probably sore as hell by that time in the football season, as we all mm-hmm. were. But, uh, no, I, th- I think the Edwards performance in the second half of that football game goes down in the history of the entire rivalry uh, going both ways. You see the highlights of all the teams over the years, and um, that will definitely leave a mark for generations to come. Um, it just changes changes the whole thing, and so it's it's all pe- plays dividends in the next year. This 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 win here and the performance of Edwards and the rest of the players in this team, this this changes the expectation, unlike last year did. This changes the expectation for I think Michigan that it's not just a one year deal. It is harder to stay on top than it is to climb the mountain. Michigan has stayed on top to this point. We got one more football game to win here, to win this Big Ten title and go on to bigger things. But uh, going into next year, I think that this is going to change the uh, the way Michigan's players look at this thing. Ohio State had put all the energy and juice, and they've been working on it 365 days and talking about it and watching the videos and listening to some things that, quite frankly, some Michigan people should not have said after last year's game. And um, – I understand they had all the juice. I still think they had all the juice. All the emotion was on their side coming into mm-hmm. this game, but it didn't matter. No. Michigan punched them right in the mouth, and it didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. And Nathan, uh, I want some some of you guys in comments. I'm not looking at the comments, but I want some of you to tell me how many times you've watched those Donovan Edwards plays because it is hard not to watch this kid. And in fact, somebody on our message board even put it in from the uh, – one of those Spanish channels and you hear the guy, the, the excitement, you don't have a clue what he's saying unless you were a really good Spanish student in high school or you speak Spanish, but you can hear the excitement in his voice and he gets to the end zone. He goes super duper big play. And it was fantastic, <laughs> man. I, I implore you people to go out there and watch it and find it. If you can, Tommy B any chance we overlook Purdue and miss out on the college football playoff. That's a fair question. I think Michigan's in either way because uh, you know what, if you're 12 and one, 
you know, go into Columbus and win, uh, you know, I don't think that they're, you're not going to put Ohio State in over them, right? I think that that would be, there you go, 10 times minimum, lots. Exactly, guys. Um, you're not going to put Ohio State in over them. And there's going to be like maybe one, one, uh, four one loss teams and Michigan would still be one of them. Now it matters for seeding more than anything. And, and when you get here, no, Tommy, the, the, to answer your question, they will not overlook them because this team is, it's not in their DNA uh, to look past somebody. The, what concerns me is you come off that emotional win, you're banged up, man. Uh, I don't think there's any way uh, this is a strong opinion that Blake Corum plays in this game. Hopefully he'll be back for the the playoff on New Year's Eve. Uh, Mike Morris, who knows, right? Uh, Luke Schoonmaker barely played, you know why? Which is why he had Colston Loveland out there. That's the good thing is is that Jim Harbaugh has his program now where the depth is so good, uh, just like Ohio State. That Diamante Trainum guy, by the way, that running back, their fourth stringer, mm-hmm. is a good back. I thought he had a great game when he was carrying people. Michigan <clears throat> recruited him out of Arizona State to, to be yeah. uh, for. Yeah, yeah. Well, Here's a newsflash: Ohio State has football players at depth. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So, but uh, you're absolutely right. But um, uh, I love how JJ said it's a great win, but none of this matters. The job is still not done. Let me tell you a little story about that, William. We were in the post game and they're putting on their Big Ten East champion ads and he's talking to uh, Cornelius Johnson on his right and he's got Donovan Edwards on his left. He goes, I should we even wear these things? And yeah, they're, no, they're asking no, their leader. Exactly. They're, yeah, they're asking no. JJ. He's like, maybe just for a little bit. He said, but then the first thing he said was the job's not done yet. They understand that the goal is to win a big 10 championship and just beat Ohio state doesn't get you there anymore. No, the, uh, I, I'm glad to hear JJ say that. And I, mm-hmm. I saw a couple of those guys wearing those hats. I'm like, really? Yeah. Hey, it brought me back to yeah, <laughs> the year he talked about, yeah. you know, co big 10 East champions. Come on. Yeah. Get rid of the hats. Let's I still have your t-shirt title. Yeah. I still thanks. have your t-shirt for that. Yeah. Let's let's go win a Big Ten title and get the real undisputed uh, standalone title and put your name on the wall there in Schumbeckler Hall, uh, along with the other great championship teams over the years. That's what matters. And then we'll see what happens and where the opponent is next. That is the mission. I'm assuming this team will absolutely understand that. You know, I've, this, this team's got enough leadership well within it to understand what's at stake in Indianapolis. I don't expect any kind of uh, flat performance. There will be a physical impact, like you talked about, Ballas. These guys are still going to be beat up, and they're going to have to find a way to win another game. But it's when there's a trophy on the line, there should be no overlooking anybody. Yeah, no question. And it is harder, with all due respect, to your five Big Ten championship rings to win a Big Ten because of that this year. Yeah. Now, uh, you know uh, what? You Aiden, have to win. said that last year. I told you he the did. Story, he told right? his dad. Exactly. He told Chris. <laughs> you guys Hutchinson. didn't have to do this. You guys, right, aren't, exactly. you guys aren't as good as we are. And, and, and Hutch is like, yeah, Aiden, just relax. Yeah, we did it right. five times. Okay. He's like, just relax with my five rings on my fingers. I put them in your face. So uh, Zach Swank, 999. Zach, thanks so much, brother. I felt roles reversed finally. Last few games, Michigan had bad personal foul penalties when they had a chance for a big stop. There goes eight, OSU for 80. This year was OSU with the personal fouls and us going for 70 in the fourth. Yes. You know what? And again, that changed last year as well. And you could kind of sense it in the pregame where – you know what? Michigan was like enough of this. You know what? We have to got we have got to play our best game. They didn't do that. You guys like Donovan Peoples Jones dropping passes. Zach Gentry four or five years ago. He's still in the pros, by the way. As Marcus Ray once told me, he said, "You need your best players to play their best games in this." game and that's yep. what's most important yep. and you can't have that you can't have those misassignments you can't have the loaf like i mentioned earlier when cornelius johnson is going off you've yeah. got to bring every guy on every play yes again it's cliche but that's exactly what it takes and zach i couldn't agree with you more but it, it's hard to get that formula back when you lose it skiing and now two in a row proves there's nothing flukish about it no and the, and the roles being reversed and, and- Think about the Ohio State Michigan games in the last 10 years. Think of Zeke Elliott and how many long runs he had against us. His taillights exactly. for that guy. And we're all chasing from behind. And you, and you see those pictures and, you know, shops throughout Ohio. You go and you see the, you know, the all the photographs of the big plays. And uh, yeah, Donovan Edwards, taillights, man. And those pictures will be pasted throughout, you know, the Midwest for us Michigan fans. And look at those things with smiles on our faces. So the roles have absolutely reversed now. And it's official holy crap time in Ohio. What the hell is going on time? And of course, yep. some of my Buckeye friends are already calling Coach Day, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Cooper, and uh, making comments about, you know, can't beat Michigan now and, and everything else. So the sky has fallen in Ohio. The good news is the sun did come up down there. I'm pretty sure the, there's still air to breathe in Ohio and things will be okay for my Buckeye friends. Um, 
being being on the south side of this rivalry for this long, the roles are absolutely reversed, and now it's time for them to reevaluate what the heck they're doing. Yeah, that air does smell a little worse, and uh, you can kind of taste it at times, but it is still air, and they will still <laughs> breathe it. So, uh, Andrew Malash, hell yeah, fellas, three games to go. Yeah. You know, that's the crazy part, man. 12-game season. Uh, and I was going to ask you about this, Skeen. I mean, when you get done with 12 games, it is such a marathon. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, it's almost relief, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you love it and you don't get to play anymore. But, man, your body's banged up. These guys have to play maybe three more games. How hard must that be for these guys, even knowing still that that carrot's out there where they can win it all? Yeah, the well, the physical hard is, is there. Mm-hmm. But your adrenaline and the excitement about the level. I mean, it's, it's been playoff football since the Illinois game, right? Right. You mean right. before that. But as you ratchet up and you go toward that big, big trophy that we're all hoping that Michigan gets to, I think the adrenaline kind of overrides any physical pain you can feel, unless you're so hurt that you can't play, like obviously Corum and, and Morris in the game there. But there's so much excitement and so much anticipation about these games. And it's like, it's like a red letter game times 10 from here on in. So it's, it's, it's just what it is. Yeah, it is. And when did you guys think we're going to win this game? Well, as an unbiased journalist, when did I think Michigan was going to win this game? (laughs) I'll tell you when, Uh, when they started driving the ball up 24, 20 and okay, now the running game's working and you could just feel the air come out of that balloon, Andrew. Andrew, if you've never been there, and thanks so much, man, for the 20 bucks. If you've never been there, I, you know what, maybe once go down there and you could just feel it, especially now that they're winning again. When things start to go south and you get that feeling like, oh my God, here we go again. Uh, I will compare it to the Michigan-Michigan State night game a few years back when Michigan fans, it, there was a monsoon and John O'Corn's your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, there's no way this is happening. You know, you're turning the ball over and you get the sense that this is going to happen. That's how it feels down there, only magnified by 10 because these people are crazy. But for me, yeah, it was the thir- first and 35 possession. They almost picked that up, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt that was the beginning of the end. I was surprised that Ryan Day didn't go for it, especially the way they picked up those two plays, uh, like 25, 27 yards in, in two plays. Um, I thought he coached a little bit scared in this game, uh, flat out, uh, when he got to midfield, maybe th- fourth and two, and, and they didn't make one. You know, they had a good play, but uh, good on Jalen Harrell, by the way, for making a great play mm-hmm. uh, and sticking right there with that tight end. But that's when I felt it, buddy, when they were marching down the field and J.J. McCarthy runs through two linebackers and carries one of them <laughs> and then gets up and looks at him like, get off me. Mm-hmm. I was like, they got a chance here. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, it was about that point in the game, right? And I and I, I absolutely think that that decision by Day to go and punt the book punt the football to Michigan, I thought, because Stroud was out there like, you know, no, leave me out here. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go for this thing. And, and Day was like, now nah, we're going to punt this thing. And then as we started grinding out some yardage and getting first downs and those plays, again, like you just mentioned, where your quarterback uh, and J.J. is, you know, pretty big guy, but let's, you know, he's not exactly, you know, a massive dude out there, you know, smashing people. So when he starts putting his shoulder down and they can't get into the ground, and he's standing over, kind of get looking at a guy. Uh, it's again, it's just like, yeah, these guys have got a swagger. The body language is all mm-hmm. positive, and we're here to kick your butt. And this is happening, Ohio State. This is happening right in front of your friends and your girlfriends and your mom and dad right now. And you're going to be crying your ass off when you leave the field today because we're going to beat your ass. Yep. And that was evident. Like, and certainly by the end of the third quarter, we went up thirty-one. What thirty-one twenty? Is that what it was? Thirty-one twenty-four. Yes. I can't remember balance. Thirty-one like, twenty. Here we go. Holy crap. These guys are on a mission. And then the Ed, the Ed, the the Edwards runs at the end was the knockout blows, right? You're watching uh, MMA and you see a guy just, he's out before he hits the floor. Yeah. That, that was Ohio state. And um, it was just, It was a thing. It was a thing of beauty. Watch, yeah, watching the replay, Joel Klatt says, Ohio State needs to stop right now. And boom, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> gone. 75 yards. Uh, as, as far as the girlfriend's comments, Mike Leach, uh, Mississippi State coach now, had a great commentary on that. You can't say it anymore. I don't think. I think it's politically politically incorrect. But uh, you know what? If you're okay with it, you know. Well, Leach, little, Leach said fat girlfriends. Fat, fat little ugly girlfriends. girlfriends. Fat little girlfriends. I, no, I didn't say anything about their physical nature. No, I didn't. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I just said. No, just, you, you know, just said girl. Girlfriends up there. You got your I said it, not your mom you. And dad, your sister, right. everybody's happy and yeah. they're there to cheer you on. And then you yeah. just get your butt kicked. Go, Jimmy. Like, 
go, Jimmy. Hey, listen, yeah. I've been on the receiving end of those things, man. Yeah. When yeah. you're the one getting your butt kicked and you see the family after the game, it's like, yikes, that kind of yeah. sucked. Uh, except, Tra- except Tracy, you're Tracy was just man up and get over it. And you know what? So I know she's a competitor. So um, any impact on recruiting for either team? Howard, I'm going to get to your question in one second. But I do want to say this. One of the underrated aspects of that game is those punts that we we're talking about that Ryan Day kicked. Two of them go into the end zone on short mm-hmm. kicks where if they're down those at the one yard line and AJ Henning did a nice job, I thought getting in the way a couple of times with some of those gunners to prevent that. That's a different ball game if you have to start from your one yard line compared to the 20. So I thought those were big plays too. Uh, Howard, yes. Uh, you know what? Nicholas Harbor and these guys go to our site at the Wolverine.com. Our guys, Zach Libby and EJ Holland have uh, reactions from recruits around the country that are saying they get even got a, they even picked up a commitment today and you can read about it. They said, I want to be a part of this. Okay. Now what's ultimately going to matter when it comes to this is NIL and how Michigan does that. But you're seeing NIL ruin programs around the country too. If you mm. do it wrong, I will bring up Texas A&M. Tennessee had a loss. They had a sure playoff berth. They go into South Carolina. From what we've heard, there was some kind of commotion about you know somebody showing off his car as an IL deal that caused a stir in that locker room, and they go over and get their ass kicked at South Carolina. So there is a way that you have to finagle this thing. There's a sweet spot, and I think Michigan's still a little behind, but you don't go all in either and say here's a you know you don't go all SMU and say here's a billion dollars. You know <laughs> what? It's for some of you, but not for the other ones of you. So um, we yeah. talked about that. That'll absolutely divide a locker room. If someone is flaunting a super fancy car, and listen, like I said, every man on that team has to do all the running, all the lifting, all the barfing, all the pain, all the sweat, all the training time, and some guys, you know showing up in a fancy new car and a nice leather jacket and all this money and other, it can build resentment ballast. Yes. That's yep. it's, I can imagine how difficult it is. Cause thank God we didn't have to go through it. We'd have killed each other. Yeah, exactly. So, cause you would have gotten a billion and like some poor, like guy like yeah, Desmond yeah. Howard, some poor right. guy like Desmond Howard would have been working at Wendy's or something. I would have got a, yeah, I would have got a three ninety nine Wendy's gift card and Desmond would have yeah. had, you know, the fancy car, but I, it, I just hey. can't even imagine what it's like for these guys. So right. I think that's a good, that's a great point you just it brought is. up. And I can, can, can make it like what would should be a very close locker room, a divided locker room. And that yep. obviously can be dangerous. Texas yeah. A&M with a $25 million roster uh, at four and or five and seven or whatever they are with a terrible yeah. year. Yikes. Yeah. we got about three minutes left here. Adam Hemingway, what do you believe? Oh, there's a reason for starting 0-5 against OSU. Sure seems like it was Donnie Brown all along. I will not disrespect Don Brown. Uh, thanks for the 499. Uh, Don Brown was a gentleman with us and was outstanding, and he had some great games here. Um, they figured him out. There's no question. But it was before that. 2016. Uh, I think it was criminal. I, I will say that. And you know what? It wasn't just the spot. You go back and look at that game. They had guys out there. There are some guys, you know, and I'm not claiming that these officials are crooked, but I do think that there is some inherent bias there. If you're from, if you own a mortuary in Columbus and you grew up an Ohio state fan and in your bio, it says, you know, how much you loved Ohio state football growing up and you shouldn't be working this game. It'd be like me or you going out there. You want to do it. You know what? You might even err on the side of caution trying to, you just recuse yourself, you know, go back and stick the formaldehyde in the dead bodies or whatever and watch it on TV. So um, to me, 2016 was criminal. 2017, I thought it was a great game plan. Okay. Uh, they could have, they were in that game, but I think there are two things. I think Jim Harbaugh, I'm not going to say he panicked, but I think he overcorrected and got away from his roots a little bit. And you went to that speed and space crap. And then not only did they figure out Don Brown in this game, but they, there were signs that they knew the signals, right? And when you know if it's run or pass before the play and there are tells there, uh, you are putting your kids at an inherent disadvantage. I will not blame it all on him, but I certainly don't think that was a big factor. Well, the other thing that Jim did is uh, you, you just kind of touched on it there, get back to his roots. Uh, Michigan's had some fine players over those years, put all kinds of guys in the NFL, but there wasn't the depth that we have now. Clearly, we didn't have the quarterback play that we have now. That's an enormous difference. But, uh, you know, it, it oftentimes comes back. If you don't have a really good quarterback and you don't have a defensive line that can cause problems, you have very little chance of winning in college football. And uh, Michigan obviously has a threat on both sides now for a couple of years in a row. And so there's a huge difference makers. But Jim struggled to find a, a, a true performing quarterback for his first five years. And so those things uh, obviously complicated things pretty heavily. So the recruiting over the course of time, I think that uh, without, you know, you know, 
describing it in other ways. You know, finding football players first, Ballas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have talked about the shorts and T-shirt tour is fine, and they use it for the measurables and all that jazz. You go to the combine, you watch guys run around, and they look good in their shorts and T-shirts. Great. But you got to watch the film, and you got to look for dudes that are willing to put their nose through your chest and run out the other side that love football. And Jim has talked about that openly in the last couple of years, football players first on this football team. And then you combine that with some elevated talent at some key positions. And that's why the performance is different. Exactly. Mike Sainer is still being a, one of those guys, man, what a football player he is. So mm-hmm. uh, one last point I wanted to make guys before we wrap it up, you talked about the lack of pass rush. I said before the game, I said, it doesn't necessarily mean you need an Aiden Hutchinson or a David Ojabo. You need to confuse him a little bit too. And I thought Notre Dame did that. They didn't get a whole lot of pressure in that first game. They held him to 21 points. But um, I thought some of the calls that Minter made, the one where McGregor jumped the route, you know what? They knew that little that little pass was coming. Mm-hmm. He jumps the, the lane, the passing lane. Fantastic game plan. So kudos to Jesse Minter as well. Let's hope they keep these guys together. I cannot thank you guys enough. I can't uh, believe how much uh, you guys donated to us and, and the Super Chats. Uh, you guys are very much appreciated. He's Doug Skeen. He literally is the best in the business at this. You could be on the Big Ten Network like Jake Butt or something like that. I'm telling you. Jake's so, doing a good job. I watch him on the Big job. He's doing a good he's, job out yeah, there. And Josh Perry, too. I got to give yep. him credit. Uh, those guys do great work. You could do that, too, uh, if you weren't such a great damn salesman. So, anyway. Well, hey, I like what I'm doing. And I, and I got to work do. on my golf game, Ballas. You know, I, I know you do. Handicap, so yeah. I got yeah, stuff you, I got to do, man. Yeah, you do. And he's pretty damn good as it is. So thanks, folks. I can't wait to do this next week after the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, Appreciate you being with us. Please give us a like if you don't mind. And we will talk to you next week. Go Blue.